Two guys not related, yet somehow are given the same name. It's time for the Two Daves podcast, where we'll answer the age-old question, are two Daves better than one? And now, here's Dave and Dave. That's right, you have made it once again to the Two Daves podcast, where people after listening to the podcast are asking themselves the question, what? Hey, I'm Dave. And I'm the other Dave, and this ain't tacos. Hey, please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and even your enemies, if you like. We're building the Two Daves Nation and invite you to be part of this, what we would call fun-filled journey. Dave, let me ask you a question. We're here at another episode. Do you like change? And Now, I'm not talking about nickels and dimes and quarters. I'm talking about making change in your life. Well, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty conservative person. And so change bothers me. I, um, I don't even like it when my wife changes the furniture in the room. Um, I, I pretty much like things consistent. And when it comes to lifestyle change, when it comes to changing my life, yeah, that, that's a real hard thing to do. It's always a good thing to do, but it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's for so what sure. About, what about you, Dave? Any changes that you've made lately? Well, you know, before I answer that, somebody said the only person that likes change is a baby with a dirty diaper. So, yeah. you, know, you know, I don't like making changes. I don't know very many people that do, but I've had to make some here lately in my health. And um, my health journey makes some changes that are not easy. And I ha- I'm successful one day and not so successful the next day. And then I have some personal goals that, I, you know, I'm just, I don't want to live mediocre life. And um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't like change, but, you know, change is necessary, isn't it? If it's going it to produce about the right results. It is. If we, uh, if we keep doing the same things we've been doing, then we're not going to get anywhere. So, That's yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, Dave, you and I were born not too far apart. I was born in 1966 and uh, in June of 66, and you were born seven months later, January 67. And I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about some significant events, people, and and just an overall view of that year, 1966. Okay. That'd be all right. That'd be okay. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Good. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready, Dave? Yes. Yes, I am. There's okay, a, uh, just, just well, wondering. Yeah, well, first of all, the average cost of living in 1966, uh, how much things cost? The yearly inflation rate in the USA was 3.01%. That was inflation. Uh, the average cost of a new house, of a new house, $14,200. But the average income per year was $6,900. Can you imagine that? No. Uh, Gas was 32 cents a gallon. Uh, The average cost of a new car was $2,650. A dishwasher, brand new dishwasher, $119.95. And then a a Parker pen set was $11.95. So uh, it's quite amazing. You know, things have have changed in the last 54 years, huh? That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you about what kind of the same, you know, area cost of living in 67. Okay. Um, well, let me say this. The year in uh, close of the Dow Jones was 905. What is it right now? 30,000, 31,000? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so that was a great conversation there. Uh, the next one <laughs> is um, average cost of a new house. You said yours was 14,000. Uh, yeah, 200. It was yeah. raised up $50. And um, <laughs> the average income, though, went up to 7300 Think about this. Average, oh, by the way, that's what I made my first 12 years of ministry, $7,300 a year. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the uh, average monthly rent was $125 a month. Gas was $0.33 cents a gallon. A movie ticket was a dollar twenty-five, and the federal minimum uh, wage uh, increased to a dollar forty an hour. 
And then the last one was the average house price. I thought I said average house price. The average, yeah, the average house price, though, was 3840 Oh, uh, wow. Well, you know, Lyndon Johnson was in the White House at that time. Yep. And uh, we know that Vietnam was the huge hot button item, uh, the huge hot button ticket on people's uh, uh, you know, radar back then. Uh, right. Vietnam was that we were very much embroiled in Vietnam. And back here at home, there were a lot of people who were protesting against our involvement in Vietnam. It was a very dark time in American history and in world history. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly, one of the uh, one of the popular movies that came out in 1966, as a matter of fact, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture of 1966, is a, is a movie called A Man for All Seasons. Have you ever seen that, Dave? I've heard of it. Who was in that? Cary Grant? No, Paul Schofield. It's actually the story of Sir Thomas More, which I'm sure you're familiar with him because you used to live in a community that has the Thomas More um, parochial That's school, correct. right? That's correct. And he was a very, very principled man who stood up against the debauchery of King Henry VIII of England at that particular time and actually lost his life as a result of it. And mm. it's just interesting that in, in that period of time, that that was the movie that uh, people were flocking to see, A Man for All Seasons. It's a very good movie. I recommend it. Oh, wow. So it would cost you $1.25 to go see it. That's absolutely right. Well, 54 um, years later, times yeah. have changed for sure, yeah. but not all change has been good. We know, especially for the family unit. Yeah, that's for sure. I think the biggest challenge is being able to not only spend quality time with your family, but uh, pouring into your family the things that will last through generations to come. And if you have children, uh, you understand that you're not just raising kids, but you're raising future mom and dads, husband and wives. Yeah. And many things have changed from the 1960s to, to today. Uh, such as just an example, in 1960, out of every 100 children, 73 lived in a family in which the parents were married. The dad worked, the mom stayed home. But by 2020, only 40 out of every 100 American kids lived in a family in which the parents were married. Yeah, you know, times have changed. There's uh, more single parents, um, moms and dads both raising or sharing kids. Grandparents uh, are bringing up their grandchildren. Uh, Uh The divorce rate is up. Uh, Second and third marriages are on the rise, not to mention couples having children and never getting married. So lots of challenges. And and as a result, um, the family structure is really, it's not as strong uh, as it was. And I'm not, we're not trying to paint a rosy picture back in the sixties because there's challenges back then. But, yeah. um, you, you know, there are there is some major issues going on uh, with the family today. And I have um, I have one more stat that's worth um, looking at as well. And I think to um, to make this talk more complete, uh, we're doing something very unique tonight. The two Daves are dangerously bringing into the mix our wives. I am so scared. Oh, man. I know. So I would like to introduce uh, to you uh, my number one fan of the Two Daves podcast. But first, I'm going to introduce my wife, Charlotte. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) hi, babe. Welcome to the podcasting world. Greet people, if you would. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Charlotte, for coming. I want to introduce my wife. Uh, she did not even know that we were doing this podcast, uh, so I had to tell her about it so that she could come on tonight. So, uh, but she just told me I was an idiot. <laughs> well, I'm used to that too. <laughs> but we uh, we've also been married for 30 years. You guys were married two weeks after us, and uh, so here is my wife Nita. Dave, we uh, so I want to say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. All right. Dave, we've both raised or still in the process. You're still in the process of raising children. We each have three kids. And uh, this whole thing of raising healthy children, it all stems out of a healthy relationship with your spouse if you're married or with yourself for, uh, for Dave and me for our relationship with Christ. Uh, we believe we need the wives 
I believe we need the wives to chime in here tonight about the challenges of raising children in today's culture and the challenges of parenting our adult children as well. Yeah. Are we included in that as adult children, Dave? You and I are the husbands included in that or what? Uh, you better be. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, she's often she's often said that she has raised four kids. Yes. Well, our kids um, range from 27 years old all the way down to 16. Um, and ours are kid, from 20, 28 to 22 here. Yeah. So the two Daves are going to shut up right now. So the two wives can come in and talk about uh, just a, a conversation about the challenges of uh, raising your kids. Um, and so they weren't prepared for this. And I'm glad because I think this will make the conversation that much better. So, Charlotte, what was it like raising um, kids uh, in the culture that we lived in and even today? The four children? Yes, the four children. Thank you. <laughs> the oldest one was the biggest challenge. <laughs> Mm, that's me. That's, that's me. That's right. That's you. Yeah. So, so what, what were some of the challenges? <laughs> Nita, how about you? We'll start with you and then we'll go to my wife. This is going really well. <laughs> well, I'll just skip the big baby and I'll okay. go right to my girls. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Go for it. I think, the biggest challenge is just teaching them respect, you know, to respect your elders, you know, and that's a difficult thing to look at now, even um, as they're growing up, you want to teach them life lessons. You want to teach them how to stand on their own, but yet you still want to hang on to them. And that's a little bit difficult too. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife stayed at home raising our kids until they were ready for kindergarten. You remember that, hon? Mm -hmm. And there's a sacrifice in doing that. I tried to stay home as much as I could. It just got to the point where we needed two incomes, um, be able to pay rent, utilities, that kind of thing. But our, our kids were older then by that time. So Hannah was in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why did you want to stay home, Charlotte, with the kids? Because I wanted to instill our values uh, in them rather than a daycare or a babysitter. I also wanted to see them take their first steps uh, and hear them say mama and dada rather than someone else calling me saying, oh, or meeting me, greeting me at the door when I went to pick up my child saying, Oh, guess what they did today? I, I wanted to be able to experience that with my own child. And have, have, have they done that yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still call mama. Yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some great benefits. Um. And, you know, we live in a society now where it's very difficult for uh, the mom to stay home. It really is. And so it was a decision and a sacrifice. And uh, we didn't have the right to complain if we didn't have enough money or this and that, because this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to invest in our children. And, man, I couldn't think of anybody better to do the job than my wife, you know, just building into their lives and pouring into their lives. Well, and, and it did help that you were making six figures at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six <laughs> figures for sure. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know today, you know, Charlotte, what, what do you think some of the results of you doing that? What are some of the things that you've seen because you stayed home sacrificed that this is our story. So what do you think? They knew what, um, Mealtime around a table is really like. Um, I would say that was that's one of the biggest things. They knew that mom was always going to be there when they walked in the door once they started driving. Um, that mom was always going to be there uh, to greet them, ask them how their day was. If it was before they were driving, it would be when I would go pick them up from school and we would have that drive 
of course, I probably usually picked up the youngest one and we um, picked her him up first and then we would drive to get the older ones and you were able to spend time with them. To ask. You don't know if you don't know if your youngest one was a him or a her. Well, it would be if we had clay first and then I picked clay up and then went and oh, got okay. Um, got Lane because Abby didn't come along till a little bit later. So, oh, okay, all right. I guess that's what I was referring to. Hey, uh, speaking of speaking of a little spread out there. Yeah, you did. Well, speaking of driving, this really has maybe nothing to do with what we're talking about. Maybe everything to do with what we're talking about. I'm sure it doesn't. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, who taught your kids how to drive, mom or dad? <laughs> mom, dad did not have. <laughs> and you see it was the opposite here there was no way that nita was going to get in the car with them uh i i had to be the one to teach him yep well my kids would go to my wife and go please don't let dad try and teach me to drive please he'll just yell at me and whatever so they love mom did the thing charlotte did the right thing she had patience and you know, I, I don't know. I, I taught him how to throw a baseball and stuff like that. We you know? started with the bicycle first, though, Dave. Oh, yes. Yeah, I taught him how to do the bicycle, too. Uh, he did not do that because he would run him up the tree. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time Charlotte finally taught me how to ride my bike for the first time. It was such a good thing. <laughs> you know, I'm just imagining you on a bicycle, actually. That's kind of funny. Uh, I Do don't imagine myself. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. We, we do have a funny story about that. We were living in a funeral home uh, and my wife and I were taking, you know, care of the funeral home in uh, Iowa. And um, one day Lane wanted to, he wanted to, to bicycle. And so Charlotte's there. And I, I had been sicker than a dog. I mean, for a week. And I came out, sat down on the stairs. And there's Charlotte helping helping uh, Lane learn how to ride there. And I'm, I'm sicker than a dog, just weaker than weak. Before you know it, here comes, how old would he have been? Maybe <laughs> six? No, he was younger than that. Was he? Well, he wanted his train wheels off, though. I know he did. Yeah. And before long, it was like a missile, a lane missile coming right at me. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I, I wrenched my back and I'm surprised Lane didn't hurt himself either. But, you know, those are some fun stories to, th to think about, you know. Did you wrench it or did you twist it? Yes, I did. Yes. There's a game yeah. after that. I should get money for that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so Nita, did you stay at home? Did you say you stayed at home or did you work? I did both. I had, when we moved out to Kansas, I had the opportunity to work in the school. So I was on school hours with the kids and it was just, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So when they got home from school, I was home from school too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I mean, then. I was also the taxi driver then, you know, as they got older to get this event and the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're young and you're raising a family, I think the only goal is maybe one, especially for moms, is just to survive another day, you know, of being mom. But I think our end goal is to raise a healthy family that one, they loved one another. They loved mom and dad and they love God. They love the yes. church. Yeah. And if we could get them to that point, that's why we dedicated them to the Lord because we knew we could only do so much and God had to do the rest. Yeah. You know, uh, the journal of family medicine and disease prevention has their list of characteristics of healthy families. And, uh, so we, we have a few items from this list that maybe we'd like to share. And, and, uh, I, cause I, I think they're pretty spot on. Uh, the first one, uh, allow and accept emotional expressions of an individual's character and interests. Mm. The, the second, true. yeah, that is true. The second one is obvious and consistent rules in the family and boundaries between individuals are honored. I think that's, that was same page mentality that my wife and I had to be on uh, the rules. Um, if, if mom said no, uh, I needed to say no. And, you know, yeah. so, Otherwise, they'll just pit mom and dad against you. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, number three would be consistently treating members with respect and build a level of flexibility to meet the individual's needs. And I think that's important because, uh, especially when you're, you're talking about kids, each one is different. And yeah. we quickly found out that you can't deal with each one like uh, with a cookie cutter because they're, they're different, they're individuals, they have different needs. And so uh, it, it's just instilling that respect for each other and building that level of flexibility so that each individual's needs is met. Well, I want to ask the ladies, um, could they sense the difference from kid to kid and how you, you know, you discipline them and, and um, you tried to encourage them because, you know, was that a, was that a challenge or what? I, I was very challenged because Jessica became this independent person. Then four years later, we have Amy. Amy was kind of enclosed in herself, kind of had to work to get her to open up. And she didn't always want to talk about her feelings. And she would just, even from a young age, she would just close up. And Jessica, she was. <laughs> Jessica will talk about her feelings and everybody else's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And then Hannah was just another one. She just, they were all different and you had to handle each one of them differently to accommodate their feelings and how they were going to react. I, I would say that. And even in discipline, you really have to take each, each person who is so different um, in a, just way you handle them in a different, in a different way. Yeah, Lane was, you could look at him, right? And he would, he would cry. That was Amy. Yeah. And Abby's the same way. Clay, now he would look at you, stick out his tongue. He would say, you, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, if you had, oh man, he would just defy, defy, defy. So you had to really kind of figure out how do you handle him? Well, for me, I made him put his nose up against the wall. <laughs> he hated that he hated it and so even today he talks about that and I'm like I did a good job then because it meant something to him because it's like that was the only thing that worked yeah yeah I, I think he still does that at his place I think <laughs> yeah. many times he will go and put his nose in, against the wall <laughs> yeah okay moving on now uh number four all members feel safe and secure I think that's a really really important one right there is that the the feeling of you come home and your home is a place of refuge yeah even if mom or mom and dad are struggling with each other they you know you can't hide that stuff from your kids they need to see a mom and dad that that are struggling. They need to see a mom and dad that, you know, don't hide their feelings with one another. Uh, and yet they need to see a mom and dad that know how to say, I'm sorry and forgive one another. And, and that's that's an important thing. What do you think about that, Charlotte? I would say yes. Um, I might disagree with you to some degree because I don't think that that kids need to see everything. Well, no. Uh, I, no, I'm talking about not like, everything. You know, no. sometimes there's arguments that need to be um, or things that need to be discussed that are just for just for mom and dad. But I don't think there's like, for example, the argument that you guys are going to have when we close this. <laughs> Possibly. We don't care nowadays. That's for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you, hon. I do agree with you. I just think it depends on, on on what it is, but yet they need to see that mom and dad sometimes don't don't agree on everything. But how do you work through that disagreement? Um, it's just like any any human um, to bringing two humans together. If you disagree on something, how are you going to work through that? Of course, in today's society, we obviously all know that <laughs> nobody nobody works through anything. Um, just I guess put something on social media and well, stuff it maybe, inside. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I just think that there's, I, I think you have to know um, what things your children need to be able to see. Um, and then what things obviously they don't. Um, and I, I, I think our kids, they had, they had no idea some of the things that we maybe had disagreements on, but then there's other things they saw that mom and dad worked through 
mm-hmm. and we we disagreed and then we had to come to an agreement on those things. Well, you know what? One of the big things that uh, one of the big things that our kids said to say today is we didn't know you were as poor as you were. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, that's funny. Oh man, uh, that's funny. This is this is a very difficult conversation tonight. Go yeah. on with the fifth one, Dave. Well, yeah, number five. Uh, you know, pa- parents. Uh, this is another characteristic of healthy families. Remember, it's when parents provide care for their children, not expecting their children to take their parental responsibilities, and th- that's a huge one. You know, I, we've seen a number of kids over the years in ministry where uh, they've had to grow up really fast because they've had to take on parental responsibility. They've been expected to babysit their younger brothers and sisters and so on and so forth and take responsibilities when their uh, parents are gone. And yeah. that's, that's, that's unfair to those kids. It really is. Yeah. I, I, we let our kids be kids as long as they were. And, and um, yeah, I think that's parents are, are to do the parenting, not the kids. Yeah. Uh, number six was responsibilities given are appropriate to their age, flexible and forgiving to a child's mistakes. Charlotte, would you talk about what kind of responsibilities? Do you remember the kind of responsibilities you gave our kids? Yes. Um, I mean, when they were pretty little, you would teach them how to fold washcloths. Um, obviously, they could handle a little washcloth, but they couldn't handle a towel that was three times their size. Yeah, <laughs> And so, that's the same with Dave too. <laughs> <laughs> True. We had to have fast sheets for him. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot we were talking about our kids. Oh. <laughs> but those kind of things. So you want to give them China plates to handle, or do you want to give them, um, you know, forks and, forks and spoons yeah. to put away? Um, and then they drop the china plate and then you're upset with them because it broke. So obviously you have to give them uh, child responsibilities. And we're obviously talking about, you know, a, a very small child versus uh, a child that can handle those things. Yeah. And teaching them simple household chores, like the simple dusting. No. Are they going to get every speck of dirt? No. But are they going to learn in the process? Yes. And they can take that responsibility and say, hey, and it, and if you're encouraging them, hey, you did a great job today. You know, they're going to want to come back and and maybe help you. Maybe yeah. come back and help you. I. <laughs> That's right, Nita. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't believe we're saying that a family can't be healthy without a mom and dad that are intentional about raising their children because there's there's many single parents and grandparents who are doing incredible jobs of rearing their children. I'd like to go back to that study from the Journal of Family Medicine and Disease Prevention and and look at the factors that cause an unhealthy family structure that impacts the children of the family. Um, Dave, I believe you have some information there on the abusive parents. Well, you know, as as people in ministry, Dave, we see the the abusive uh, parent um, quite a bit. And it's very sad because the kids are losing and um, they are uh, abusing them uh, through verbal abuse. There's um, there's all kinds of physical abuse, you name it. And it is. Uh, it's ravaging on our on our society in our families, and a lot of it's caused from some of these other things that, uh, like you know, if mom and dad are addicted to drugs or alcohol, you name it. I mean, it's yeah. a it, it's a major major issue. And, and another one would be the strict controlling or the authoritarian parent, you know, where uh, one or both of those parents have a history of being a controlling parent by not allowing them to make their own choices or decisions that are appropriate to their age. I would like my wife to comment on that because I know this, this one right here has gotten to you at times. And I'm, I'm thinking about the parent that wants to overprotect the parent that wants to um, make every decision for them. And then the kid grows up to never be able to know how to make a decision. Well, you're probably talking about little, 
even starting with small children, but I, I even think about high school students um, way back in the day. It's not so much maybe now, but way back in the day, um, I knew parents um, when the boys were in school that wanted to see their the enrollment for their choices of classes for high school because they're going to choose the classes for them and tell them on the ones that were elective what they could and couldn't take. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what they wanted them to take. And so I just think about some of those things. Yeah. Uh, what about what about the parent that wants to live their life through their kids because they um, never lived it? You know what I'm saying? Vi- vicariously living through their kids, yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You can take that to, to sports or several different yeah. things that – it's it's and and you can see the abusiveness that happens in that as well. Yeah. So well, uh, and then there's then there's the soft parent. The soft parent is uh, you know in a marriage where the mom and dad are they're on different pages, so the kids hear inconsistencies all the time and they play each parent off the other one. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Yeah, it happens too much. Yeah. Parents, parents don't want to parent. They just want to give in. And I think that's one of the issues uh, of today. Instead of parenting, let's just give them uh, uh, some kind of computer desi- uh, device and let them do that instead of parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the next one would be unfortunate life events. And we see this happening. Um, events that that negatively uh, influence family dynamics. Uh, and it might be the divorce. It might be some kind of, um, an affair that took place that's caused a separation, some kind of trauma that's happened, uh, a death of a, of a mom or a dad, and maybe a sudden job termination where they've gone from having everything they need to almost going homeless. These are some unfortunate life events that can really play havoc uh, in a family. Yeah. It doesn't have to spell the end though. It doesn't have to destroy a family. Um, there is is such a thing about finding a new normal and, uh, and living there and, uh, and God, God can help any family, no matter what tragedy they're going through. And, um, I think probably most of us have experienced some sort of tragedy in, in our lives and raising kids. And, and fortunately, uh, fortunately, if we know the Lord, if we know God, uh, he's right there with us to help us along. Yeah. Another one would be uh, family values. You know, what are family values? It seems about mm, about 30 years ago. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember when uh, Murphy Brown was on TV and she the character Murphy Brown had a child out of wedlock and the vice yeah. president at that time, uh, Vice President Quayle, made some sort of an basically an offhanded comment about that in regard to family values in America. And he was so ridiculed uh, yeah. all over the media and everything for, uh, for his comments about family values. So there's been a lot that's been said over the years, but uh, values are, you know, every family has values. Values are influenced by the world, by the culture, by the social media. And when that happens, when those values are influenced that way, God's word is out of the picture completely and family values will be totally off. Yeah. Ladies, can you tell us about um, the family values that you maybe instilled as a mom? Go ahead, Nita. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, I would say... Family value. <laughs> you know, our listeners can't see what I just saw. <laughs> no, I'm glad they can't. <laughs> we're, we're, Dave, Dave threw the through our wives for a loop. They were not. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess let me let me state this: in in our parenting, we're not just parenting, but we're instilling something in our children. So I, I know what my wife did, and I'm sure it's what you did, Nita. You were instilling them characteristics of God in, in them, and you were bringing into them like mom and dad stay together. Um, there's other things that were in there: love, forgiveness, uh, you know, responsibility, honor, the the values that commitment, and all those things, and in the little things that you did. Hard work. Yeah, hard work. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yes. uh, what a, okay, what about the, you know, the dynamics of previous dysfunctional generation? I mean, there's some, some families, the mom and dad have come out of years of generational um, dysfunction and, uh, and they don't know what, what it is to be healthy. And so, um, it's almost a toxic effect on, on the next family and on the next generation. And unless something changes, the next generation is the same thing. Yeah. Well, then there's also the absent parent where no quality time is given to the children. And it's in this last factor that we want to devote the remainder of our podcast We're not experts on the family, okay? I promise you that. We're not experts on the family. However, we just simply, we come here today because we have a lot of experience raising children and the incredible obstacles that life gives you and how we have relied on God's help. And we've been consistent in being intentional and creative. Um, So anyway, what would happen if you're not spending quality time with your child? What would happen if you're not spending quality time with your child? What could happen? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, it's kind of like people that want to buy their kids love, but they don't want to be there for them. And um, maybe easier to buy an expensive gift than mm -hmm. give quality time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you have you're sacrificing, but it's not it shouldn't really be a sacrifice. This is a privilege that we get to to raise kids. And my you know, I'm just going to admit it. My wife was there. Uh, a way bigger of a majority of time than I was. She stayed home, was with them more. So I had a part to play. You know, there was things that I did. And I think this is where I can maybe jump in uh, and we all can and talk about it. So, I mean, it's essential to work hard and provide for your family and and spend quality time with them is just as essential. So um, if you don't spend quality time, Um, They will tell you there's four things that could happen. One, you're going to have behavioral issues uh, with your kids. Two, there's going to be such a dependency on technology and technology only. Uh, They're not going to know social skills. They're not going to know how to relate with people and especially relate with God. There's going to be declining academic performance. I mean, I had a good family and I had declining academic performance, but hey, that's just me. And uh, the fourth one is, is total withdrawal. And that's, that's very sad. So, you know, think about this, Dave, in the sixties, we had TV shows about the families and my wife comes from a home that you didn't have a TV, right? Correct. What did you do for fun? We played games. We play well, and obviously in the summer and daylight, we were outside until it, until it got dark. Um, We were on the farm. So we, do you do you know how refreshing it is when we're driving and we see kids playing outside? It doesn't happen very much, and when we see it, we go, "No way!" I heard kids tonight. Um, we finally got some a little bit of a warmer weather from this Arctic cold blast, and I saw a dad out with like a little. It was like a little dune buggy, and. Uh-huh. He had picked up each one of his kids and you could hear them squealing. And I was, I was getting ready to fix supper. And I was just thinking, oh, how refreshing that was to hear kids laughing and playing outside. We're going to yes. talk about this, but let me, let me just state this. In the 60s, as we were talking at the beginning of this podcast, times have changed. Okay. We had TV shows about the family, such as the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to Beaver. Uh, Family Affair, uh, Dick Van Dyke Show, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, Ozzy and Harriet Nelson, and many of them were based upon good family values. Many of them even brought in godly values. So even in the 60s sitcoms, the family makeup was somewhat reflective of their culture because Andy Griffith was about a single dad and his aunt raising their, the, um, the son. Uh, family Affair was about an uncle raising, um, you know, niece and nephew. Um, many were married, raising children. So, and, and the big thing is the sitcoms did not make fun of the dad or the mom. But today, just compare that with what's going on today. There's so many sitcoms that make fun of the family. Yeah. And we even have, you know, you can go to TLC 
which stands for the Learning Channel, supposedly. <laughs> and it has shows such as Extreme Cougar Wives, mm -hmm. Sister Wives, 90 Day Fiance, and so many other family offensive shows. And yes, they do have some family shows, but our culture is being allowed to define family, and that's unfortunate. So let's go back to our wives, and let's ask the question, how do you help guard the hearts of children from a bombardment of cultural arrows attempting to destroy the Christian family? I think we have to just really be careful about what we expose our children to. What kind of shows are they watching? What are they reading? What are we allowing them to get involved in? What do you think? How did you help guard their heart? I mean, what are some things that, that you did? We were pretty particular about what we let them, them watch on, on TV. If it was, um, uh, just, I mean, I just think about one show that, um, uh, Mr. Clay, cause I'm sure he'll probably listen to this, uh, <laughs> always one to sneak and watch. And, um, it was, it was total disrespect, um, toward parents and toward each other. And we just, he was pretty little. We explained to him that he couldn't watch that. And, um, so I just, I think you have to, um, <clears throat> you have to just, you have to help them. They don't understand they're small. You, you have to teach them what is appropriate and what's not. And they may not even understand why we're saying no to some of those things later on. They will. Well, yeah. here's one time, well, one time we, as a, we, as, one time we as a family sat down and we were watching that movie 50 shades of gray. Oh, stop. And we, oh, oh what? yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my word. You're funny, Dave. Hey, somebody edit that out. <laughs> Uh, one thing that my wife did, um, not what Dave did, but what my wife did was um, we were very particular on who they spent the night with. You know, that was kind of a oh, big yes. thing. And we didn't let them, you know, Charlotte, you want to talk about the reasons why you didn't, didn't let them sleep over at everybody's house. We actually, um, if they had sleepovers, everyone came to our house. And we just didn't let them go. We, one reason is we had no control what happened in someone else's home. That's and right. to prevent something that could take place that we didn't know about, we wanted to protect them. And so we let them have their friends over um, and stayed at our house because then we had control over what, what was going on. And, um, so that, that pretty much sums that up. Yeah, Dave, you were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, but let me tell you something. Uh, when I was a youth pastor and I was called on to go visit a family from our church and he was in leadership, I went inside and the dad was in the kitchen and then they had two boys and I sat down. They had me sit down in the couch and TV was on and there was playing the show and they were there was nudity and, and they were having sex and all kinds of stuff. And they were all watching it together and they came in on, uh, well, I better turn that off, whatever. That kind of stuff happens in the home. And we didn't want our kids who knows what they could be exposed to. Now we can't protect them from everything, but we can sure pre-qualify who they're going to go stay with or not. Yeah. Yeah. And even when they would go like after school for, uh, whatever, a couple hours, we would talk, I would sit down and talk to them about, okay, you know, if, if someone says this to you or, or does this or, or whatever the case might have been for that particular circumstance, um, this is what you do, or this is, you know, you, you call us or, or whatever the case, but to, to sit down and explain, these are the kinds of things that, ha that can happen. This is why, we want you um, at our house so that we can see what's happening. And we became the home where they brought their ki their friends to, and we would have pizza party. You know, that was a good place. People like to come. Probably your house too, right? Yeah, we were we were the Nita was the Kool Aid mom. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. And it just well, worked out because some of the kids' friends, you know, they didn't have parents at home after school. Right. I was there after school you know, again, it became a safe place. Yeah. Well, we know a healthy family just uh, doesn't happen by accident. There has to be godly in, intentionality there. 
So um, we're going to give, again, we're closing out our podcast by giving our audience some practical helps on ways that we spent quality time with family, but also uh, by giving opportunity to just, you know, in those quality times to give opportunity to our children to talk about the things of life, to talk about the things of God, and to just enjoy uh, life together. So if that's okay, let's go ahead and talk about this. Is that all right? Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the areas, we'll just start out, start off with this one, church life. Now, both being in ministry, that is a, uh, is a given. We're going to be involved in church life. The danger is, is that is all we do is church life. And uh, we had to make a decision when our kids were growing up, that uh, church, our, our lives were not going to revolve around the church. Church was going to play an important part, but it, it wasn't, um, I didn't want, I didn't want my kids thinking of church as being the place that stole their dad from them. And so uh, we wanted to make a very meaningful time. And back when we only had one car, we drove to church together. The Lord impressed upon me that, you know, we, we come into church and we're trying to almost we're trying to do almost cheerleading, trying to get people into an atmosphere of praise and worship, when actually if we would just come to church already ready to worship, things would be so much better. And yeah. so we found that just when we had little kids and we were all in the same car, that if we would just start singing songs about Jesus on the way to church, that our, all of our attitudes would change. Kids, Our kids weren't getting out of the car fighting. Mom and dad weren't getting out of the car fighting, <laughs> you know, and uh, we, we, our hearts were ready for church. Yeah. How did you look at church? I, I, I'm, I need my wife to talk about this because how did you feel our kids did when it came to church life? Well, I think they just, they knew that was that they knew that was our life. And so they went right along with it. They knew really knew nothing, nothing different. And they grew up loving the church just like your kids do. Oh yeah. You know, and I think one of the biggest things we did was not allowing people to tell us how to parent our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had people who tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's kind of funny. I remember uh, one church we were in, I, I had one guy pull me aside one night and he said, I got to tell you, you are way too hard on your kids. You need to lighten up. And I kid you not, the very next night, there was a woman who pulled me aside and said, you are being too permissive. You're letting your kids get by with everything. And I just started chuckling in her face. And I said, it's just so funny because so-and-so told me the exact opposite last night. So yeah. you know, everybody has a different opinion and you just, you just can't, you just can't listen to that. No, I want to say one thing about church life. We, um, you talk about knowing that, you know, we're going to church. We didn't allow the kids to sleep over at other people's houses on Saturday nights because we're going to get up. We're going to go to church. It wasn't an option. Now their friends could spend the night on at our house on Saturday night, but they're also going to go to church with us. How about you, Charlotte? I think we felt the same way, right? I don't know that if there was staying over on Saturday night, um, once there might've been a couple of times that there was birthday parties and they got, they did get the privilege of staying over at someone else's house, but they knew that um, uh, when church time rolled around that, and those families respected us, they actually got them ready and brought them either back to the house for us to all go, or they brought them to the church. So mm. yeah. yeah. I, and something else I was going to say about church life is, our kids didn't think this was something they had to do. We, we taught them this was something they got to do. Mm -hmm. It was something they, that we did as a family. It wasn't a have to. And I think there's a big difference between a have to and a get to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my kids often speak fondly of, of church life. And yeah. that, that is, um, that's a, a, a good thing to hear, you know, again, we're not perfect parents and we don't have perfect kids, but that's good. The second thing would be involvement in children's life at school, sports, arts, and, and community groups. So, um, you know, ladies, uh, talk about, um, how did that, what did that look like 
in the home, of involvement in our kids' life at school and all these areas? I think just everybody going and to support the person who is involved in that sport or music concert or anything like that. It became a family event. We're all there to support you and what you were doing. I would yeah. agree yeah, there was no question. We're all going to this band concert tonight. I don't care whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, Lane played in one year, he played in a traveling baseball league and he traveled all over the state of Kansas. And um, if it wasn't mom and I going, it was at least I took off and spent and there was there were many times I was the only parent there. And uh and uh, it was important when your kids can be at school or in a sports sporting events or even in some kind of community uh, group type of thing. And they see mom and dad. Even today, our 16 year old loves to see mom and dad, grandpa and grandma out in the uh, in the crowd during a concert. Sure. They're biggest fans. Yeah. Right. Well, another one, we spent a lot of time talking about this on an earlier episode, but uh, vacations, taking family vacations together is very important. And you say, well, I can't afford to take a vacation. Well, you know what? Even if it's just, what's that? You cannot afford not to take one together. That's absolutely right. Just the time away and with each other is it's just invaluable. So budget for that, save up for a vacation. And even if all you can do is get away for a weekend, get away for a weekend. If all you can do for right now is just take a day, take a day trip, you know, uh, and well, we live in a small community. If we're going to go anywhere, we've got to go somewhere, you know, if we're going to go to Walmart, we have to drive 60 miles. Yeah. And yeah. so make a day of it, take, take a day and, and maybe pack a picnic lunch or something and, and go to the mall together, go to, go to the park together. Uh, we went uh, one day to the park it, and saw the baby buffaloes, you know, and that that was that was fun because it's you're making memories for those kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, what did you like about the vacations? I mean, don't you think our kids they think about vacation in a very good way? You know, I, I think it's just time that is totally set apart for just you as your family. Uh, there's no. There's no outside distractions for mom and dad as far as work. There's no distractions from, um, well, at that time, there were no cell phones. So there were no just outside distractions for the kids um, from their friends or from any of their activities. It was strictly just time to be together, just the five of us. Yeah, when my wife and I go on vacation now, we will sometimes take our daughter when she's out of school, but sometimes just her and I go down to Florida to see our boys in Orlando and see our daughter-in-law there. Um, we have a few days for ourselves, and then we know the rest of the time we're being parents, and we're, uh, we love spending time with our kids, and they want to spend time with mom and dad. That's kind of unique, isn't it, that kids yeah. want to spend time with their, with their parents. Yeah. Yep. Then there's a game night and movie night. Charlotte talked about that growing up on the farm. You did uh, game nights, right? Played games and stuff. Played games. And I know you guys are big into that, right? We, we love game night. We love all kinds of games. If you could, if we could show you our game closet, it is piled full of games. And let me just kind of give you some examples. There's all sorts of trivia games that we like. Let me tell you, probably our favorite game as a family is called Times Up. It's uh, it's a it's a very fun game. It's made by R and R Games. It's a fast-paced guess who I am uh, game. And I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into detail explaining it, but look it up. Times Up. It's your family will love it. And then we also love Balderdash. It's by Parker Brothers. It's a dictionary game. A dictionary. Uh, bluffing game it's great it's i tell you you'll laugh until your stomach is hurting apples yep. to apples is a is a popular game imagine if put out by buffalo games and then you've got you know your standard games like sorry and clue and categories you know that are put out by parker brothers uno i mean what what is i mean there's no, nothing more fun than just getting a deck of uno cards and playing or just a regular deck of playing cards and playing that there's a relatively new game that came out that we bought called Hearing Things. It's by Hasbro Gaming, and it's a lip-reading challenge. <laughs> I'm telling you what. 
Uh, we just played it last week, as a matter of fact, as a family, and I, I'm, my stomach is still hurting, that's for sure. And then there's a real simple one that you can play with little kids. It's a dice game. It's called Left Center Right Wild, and it's put out by Georgian Company. Very simple, addicting game that even our little grandkids love to play uh, because it's it's simple, but it's so simple and yet it's so fun. So I, just do it. Just play some games together. It's it's great. Dave, you should do a podcast on gaming. That would be really good. You're good at this. Ah, I love it. And Charlotte, then, well, then are, go ahead. What are the games that you like to play with the kids? Because I play some of them too, but what are the ones that you can think of? Not not the exhaustive list of yours, Dave, but I think the sequence. <laughs> sequence. And sequence. Five, five, yeah, crowns. five Crowns is another game. Yeah. Um, now, this might sound funny with my boys. Okay, you have girls, all right? So I have boys, and sometimes they want to play sports games. So yes. uh, we've got a bowling, a dice game that's about golf and bowling. Um I have a Radio Shack um, hockey game that's from, oh, I bet you 25, 30, oh, man, 40 years ago. And oh, my wife yes. just keeps going, go back. And we, I know what you're, ta- I know what you're yes, talking about. And we play that. And I used to get the, um, the electronic, the vibrating electronic football game, you know, where it's so loud. You know what I'm talking about? And it's yeah. – uh, it's uh uh i don't know what it's called it's i don't either but anyway let's move on what else do we have yeah did you ever used to play the sock boppers oh yeah we had that oh yeah i love the sock boppers yeah sometimes i would just sock my sister even even if i didn't have the game (laughs) (laughs) okay then there was what eating together right um charlotte talked about that you know yeah when we were younger, Dave, I don't know about you, but we could not afford to go out to eat that much. So, you know, we did a lot of grilling. We did a lot of stuff at, at home. And yeah, well, you know what? Both of our moms were are wonderful cooks. My mother was, and I say was a wonderful cook. She's still living, but today she doesn't cook. But uh-huh. she was wonderful. And I know that your mom is also a wonderful cook. And we married women who are great cooks. Yeah. And so therefore I would prefer, I prefer our family to sit around dinner table and please, when you're coming to the dinner table, leave your phone in your pocket or somewhere else, because let's just have a meal without checking our phones. Yeah. Would you say that to my wife, please? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? It isn't just the kids. It is the adults. We get tied to those things. Absolutely. And it's a discipline to be able to have to put it aside. I would say it's probably more work related than anything else. Probably. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I think going out to eat uh, is more for date night, you know, now Sundays I'll do, I'll say this a lot of times on Sundays, it was a big time for us to go out with other people. And so we would go eat out at a restaurant or, and you know, it was, uh, it was expensive, but at the same time, the kids really looked forward to it. And we had a good time with other, we could fellowship with other people. Oh, yes. I love to take them to Hooters. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. Next, next Please, one. That will be edited. Out. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Go to the next one, Dave. Please, Andrew. All right. How about spontaneous road trips? I talked about that a little bit uh, already a little bit. So, uh, but then there are outside activities. For example, uh, our family is really into theater. And uh, so we have, we have a community theater program here in our, in our community. And we've done plays together, you know, where everybody's in the cast, directing, crew or whatever. And it's just a fun activity to do together. When I think of outside, I wasn't even thinking of that. Outside, I was thinking about outside. Like butt-butt golf. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, but for me, it was always playing ball, throwing throwing ball, uh, baseball, football. I mean, we were constantly out there. And I got to tell you quickly, one day I'm teaching my oldest how to play uh, flag football. And I don't know if I've shared this story or not, but uh, if I did, it's just because I'm old. But um, we were in the front house and it was a main drag road. I mean, lots of cars would go down through there. And 
we were playing flag football. Well, we didn't have flags. In my day, when you played flag football, Dave, you put socks in your pants. <laughs> well, it was warm, so I'm wearing shorts, okay? And I put socks uh, in the pockets of my pants and uh, and kicked off to, to, to Lane. And uh, Lane took the... Uh, uh, the the, the ball and he would, you know, we would pull flags and stuff like that. Well, one time he kicks off to me and here comes this truck and this truck is going by. And what do you do when you live in Iowa? You wave at people, right? <laughs> An older guy in a truck. And there I am waving people. Lane doesn't care that I'm waving at people. He comes and <laughs> takes the flag. And along with pulling the flag, he pulls my shorts off of me. <laughs> So I'm standing out there in my underwear waving at this guy. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So that, that's uh, that was an incident that happened outside. Just give a view for our I don't want to give a view. No, it wasn't boxers. It was whitey. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Uh, OK, uh, we've got a few hey, more more well, things. You know to what? Do. We we played frisbee and we still play frisbee as a family. We've kind of invented our own rules. Uh, we we all get together and we kind of stand in a circle. And one throws a frisbee to somebody else, and you have to if you have to stand wherever it lands, no matter where it is. You have to stand there. If it's in the bushes, you got to stand there. You know, if it's in the street, you have to stand there. If you catch it, then you have the opportunity to move wherever you want to move. And it's just so much fun to see the the playing area move all over the place. It's, it's fun. Nursing home ministry should do that. Um, okay. Uh, and then doing about like family projects together, outreach, going on missions trips together, spending time with the grandparents. That's a big thing. Yeah. Making holidays special. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know about you, but Christmas is big for us. Oh yeah. We're, we're a huge Christmas family. Yeah. And it's very special time. This year, we were able to have all of our kids home, and I loved it. I mean, I was back. I mean, this it was great. And, um, you know, Christmas is special, isn't it, Charlotte? Yes. It's, it's to, I don't know, for me, it's a, it's a time for the family just to draw close. And, of course, it's wintertime, so everybody's stuck in the house, can't really go anywhere. And just to make those special memories that you can – you always will have with you. If you think about like time that you used to have with your going to your grandparents at Christmas time, those are things that you always remember. And we want to make sure we have those things with our kids and, and our grandchildren someday. Yeah. And then, you know, our kids are going to grow up and leave. Yeah. And uh, fortunately we live in a day and age where we can, with technology, we can still spend time with them. So FaceTime together on a regular basis, we have group, group chats, you know, group texts and group Snapchats and everything like that. And, yes. uh, and now of course, you know, you'd already mentioned it and we're planning a vacation as well to go see our adult children who live elsewhere. You know, that's yes. it kind of informs our vacations at that time. Yeah. But it's fun. Mm -hmm. it's yes. real, and it's even better when they live in Florida. I mean, it's so much better when they live in Florida. We have a kid that lives in North Dakota. We can't go. We can't wait to go see her in January. Now you have grandkids, but we we don't. And so yeah. when that day comes around, that's going to be an even newer adventure for us. It's going to be a, yes. a, a an adventure that I, I mean, I when it happens, it happens, and I'll look forward to that time. Won't you, honey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're not perfect parents and we didn't come on here to to talk down. I hope it didn't sound like that. And uh, I don't even know if it sounded like we were talking at times, but um, uh, when we don't claim to have a perfect family, um, but we've been given by God our family and we only have them once. And you only have your wife once or your, your husband once. Um, I wish you could you wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to have the other Dave once, but I, I do. So, uh, but you know, so what you do with them matters, right? It matters. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, so today we have a family that knows what love is. We, um, they, they know who God is. They have a great relationship, uh, with them. They know how important church is, church life is. Um, they know what commitment to family means. They know the, 
the importance of, of friendship. They, they know that mom and I have been praying for them for the right spouse. I mean, that was a big thing. And I'm sure you guys did the same thing because who you commit to for the rest of your life, I remind people this, when you say I do, you do until death do you part. That doesn't happen a lot today. Yeah. Well, if our wives would like to, is there, uh, is there a way that you could encourage some young moms and older moms who may be struggling in this area? Any, any words of encouragement you have for them? Just maybe struggling in, in quality time, finding quality. You know, a lot of, and maybe some of these are single moms who all they do, they work one, two jobs, well, you know, maybe some more than that. But what, what can you do to encourage uh, moms to make sure they make it a priority to, you know, invest in their kids? I would say that you have got to set time aside to spend with your kids. Yeah. Because if, if you don't, you shove them in front of the TV, you shove them in front of a, um, a device, that's, that's what they're going to know. They're not going to know that the time that, um, that mom, mom has spent with them. That's true. That's true. Nita, do, you, do you have any departing words? I think Charlotte has summed it all up. I, yes. You know, I would have one departing word that be, make sure you marry the right person. Nita, I'm, I'm feel sorry for you tonight. And, uh, and no, anyway, <laughs> I feel hey. sorry for Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to thank our, our wives for joining us tonight. Yes. Um, it's been a special night. It's been real and it's been fun. But, it but been I have real a feeling fun. that's right. Our wives say it won't be real fun. But anyway, you've been listening to the Two Daves podcast. We hope we encouraged you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, and even if you didn't, we'd ask you to subscribe and share like crazy this podcast. We want people to be part of the Two Dave Nation. And until next time, remember this, two Daves are always better than one. Bye. <laughs>